Hi, and welcome to The Terror Test. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And as fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three categories, production, monster quality, and scare factor, to decide whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon. In this podcast, we will put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. All right, number two pencils ready, and begin. So today, we're going to continue our J-Horror Fest. Yes, yes. And so um, we are starting with uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man, and we will also discuss Pulse. Um, Happy belated Thanksgiving, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Man, how was your turkey? It was delicious. Yeah. still stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) Um. There were these weird, uh, you know, cyborg things coming out. We had a cyborg turkey. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was uh, tur- tur- the turkey baster was sticking out of it and, like, gyrating <laughs> mechanically. So it was uh, it was a Thanksgiving instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for dessert, um, we had the ginger dead man. Oh, <laughs> gosh. It's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Let's, let's just move on. Let's talk about the Iron Man. I thought, well, it's a good way to lighten up the mood about Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Yeah. Um, this movie was released in 1989, written and directed by Shinya Tsukamoto, um, starring Tamaru Wo Taguchi as man, Kei Fujiwara as woman, Nobu Kenowaka as woman in glasses and Shinya Tsukamoto as metal fetishist. Metal fetishist. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I was just, I was probably going to use the same descriptions <laughs> when we were talking about the characters. I didn't look that up. Yeah. Um, man. So 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found out a piece of trivia that it's based on a play. Really? Uh, can you imagine what a stage production of this would look like? Um, yeah, a lot of uh, strobe lights screaming. and, yeah, screaming, um, perhaps some, like, uh, suggestive ribbon dancing of some kind. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <coughs> ribbons, is... ribbons of flesh, <laughs> I think. Uh, that is impossible to think about because this movie is, is so out there. So let's get into production. I love it. Production. Um, I, first things that strikes you in this movie, um, well, first of all, we're looking to make sure that the film is timeless and the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. Um, first thing that strikes me besides the visuals in this, because it almost has like a, what do you want to call it? What's it called in Shakespeare where they do the play before the play? Like it's the preview of it, like the sped through version. Oh, um, the dumb show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a version of that as the intro, I feel like, as our introduction to the character. Before you have the title credits, yeah. there's kind of like that mini okay. uh, shot of the character. Um, first thing I noticed besides, you know, the piece of rebar grinding through his teeth that got me from mm-hmm. the beginning uh, was the soundtrack. Um, that like industrial rock noise yes. stuff. Love it. Oh, man. It was headache-inducing. Really? For me. Yeah. Oh, but I love that stuff. Uh, I felt you like never it... listened to, like, you're not a Tool fan? 
No. Um, or Nine Inch Nails fan? I, I feel like I can tolerate some of it, but it was it was relentless with this. And I... Sensory overload. I, I felt like an old man, you know, <laughs> turn that crap down. Um, Very little dialogue in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would have really loved this in college. Um because it's it is it's just very different and it it has something to say um, <laughs> and I wish people could see your hand gestures <laughs> for that. it's got something to say hands pointed out there yeah the just audience. like all caps something to say <laughs> it's huge um and uh, but but it's also like as subtle as a sledgehammer like it oh absolutely yeah um it feels a a little bit like a student film parts of it i think so i mean it's it's definitely in the vein and i saw other stuff saying this online but it's what i got with the imagery in the beginning is it's super lynchian right like parts of it with the black and white remind me of a racer head where it will stay on an image to get some sort of visceral reaction. So like the gore that's in the beginning um, is just for that. It's doing all the sensory stuff to you with the sound and the rebar and the teeth got to me. And then him, you know, jamming that into his leg, cutting open his own leg. <laughs> it's it, in the first like five minutes. Yeah. It, it reminded me of Lynch. Um, it also reminded me a little bit of Cronenberg. Absolutely. Um, with like body horror and Mm -hmm. technology. Um, although I think, I think that there's something about Lynch's, and I'm going to sound super pretentious here. There's something about like Lynch's craft that makes him such a remarkable director it's not just his aesthetic and I feel like this movie, it has that aesthetic, but I don't know if it has that underlying craft. Like I don't know if this tells a good or interesting story. That would, I would have the same critique. I, so if we're talking about the writing, I don't know if the story supports all the like, insane sensory overload and in shock i think it's a lot of shock yeah and it's intentional and like i I get it i i I get that you're supposed to be disoriented and disturbed um but i have to say like as, as a viewer um i mean in this movie is like barely over an hour but I actually found myself bored about halfway through and I think it's because it just, it, it starts so strong and then it just stays there. It, it plateaus. Yeah. Um, the, the tone doesn't change. It just, it just keeps, keeps going. And so until the after, yeah, well, well, even with that, I just, I, I feel like, okay, like what, what else do you have to show me? Um, like I, I just think that it, it, it just did not, did not dig any deeper or did not like change its tone in any way. It, it was just like, once you, once you get what it is, 
Like I yeah, felt like I could have turned, I felt like I could have turned it off at that point, and and I would have had the same impression of the movie. Yeah, I I mean I I completely agree with you there that it kind of in terms of like story arc or mm-hmm. anything like that it it it's like plateau is a good way to describe it. It just kind of falls flat in that way. Um, so I think production wise, it definitely lacks in the writing. Um, I like, I mean, special effects, I thought it looked great. Yeah, I thought it, um, there's some good looking parts. The, the end was, I, I mean, despite what I just said about the end, like when they're like kind of formed together mm-hmm. and I, I kind of put this more with technology, I guess, but, um, or, or not technology with, uh, with monster, monster quality, um just like we're going to watch the world rust or something like mm-hmm. that like 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 okay that's kind of cool um did the did the sewage the, pipeline turn you off <laughs> uh, um and nor nor did like the weird sex dream and like just the yeah uh, I mean, can we just call it like i don't know how to say this uh like can we just call it a mechanical rape i mean He's, so man and this is his character's name man is literally getting screwed by technology like (laughs) and yep yep. but but like once that happens and it happens pretty early on like yeah that's it like you get it and that's yeah like what else do you have to say that's a good point (laughs) because it's just (laughs) i mean it, it, it it's Again, shall we say not, not subtle? Shall we say the climax <laughs> is a little premature? <laughs> um, Which I, I would agree. I would agree with you there. Um, <clears throat> and so, I think so. Looking at our categories, I think it has iconography, but I, I but I don't know if it's because <clears throat> what year was Videodrome? Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to look it up, but it's, it's before this. Okay, that's what I think. So I don't think some of the iconography I don't feel like is uh, a original or b timeless. Like I don't know that. I don't. So Video Drum came out six years before eighty three. Uh, okay, so it's of the I would call it of the same time then. Yeah, but at this point, like we're talking like 89 we're so close to the 90s and like hasn't this already been said yeah let's see that um what 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 do you think of i mean we last week um or last time when we were talking about house we talked about like the cartoon aesthetic Mm-hmm. Um, or, or like the anime aesthetic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here, and and I feel like this kind of continued with that. I mean, it, yeah, the close the close up of the faces and the reactions and the speed. Well, and like the the stop motion, yeah, part of it. Like it, I I think you know he's he's trying to simulate like flying and like you know these robots you know clashing mm-hmm. um and so i like the idea of that but it was um it was just done so cheaply like it's mm. the stop animation stuff though like have you seen much of the um 
uh, I'll just share it with you. I think you'll dig it. Of like Brothers Quay. No, I don't think so. Um, it's it's beautiful, um, and it uses a lot of those same techniques that you see in here, but done much earlier. Um, and that's all it is. So it's all stop animation. And uh, yeah, I'll have to share some of that stuff with you. But um, anyway, I feel yeah, I feel like it falls flat in those areas that we're talking about. Like yeah, I mean, I I I don't feel like I'm gonna give it a point mm -hmm. um is it a bad movie i i don't know it, it's 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 different it's really different yeah but i don't know if i'd recommend it like as a movie i you know i when we think about like our uninitiated uh i would turn those people i on. would not i mean i i'd make my brother watch it yeah. Um I see why I know that it's, I know that Steven likes it. I see why Steven likes it. It's I mean it's considered a classic, right? Yeah. Um, why? That's a good question. I mean, for me I think it would have to be with the I think probably part of the part of the production. Because in in eighty nine, I mean, in in our eighties and nineties movies, we've seen we haven't seen anything like this. Maybe I mean I, th I think with the relationship thematically, yes, but I think the way that the film is shot and the way the story is told, we haven't seen anything like it. Uh, At this just, point, we just said David Lynch. Yeah, but his is still over like a longer period of time, and he's. I, I think his storytelling, Bef like you said, is much better. Before before eighty nine though, right? Mm hmm Yeah. Before let's see, before eighty nine, he had done Blue Velvet, Dune, Eraserhead. Oh no, but what I'm saying that we've seen I mean as part of the podcast. That oh, we've watched right. in the like horror genre. Right, right, right. But I, I'm asking, like, what makes it a classic, like... Oh, among outs, all the other ones? Yeah, among, yeah, you know, the general cinematic... That's a good question. ...community. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think... The... You know, that, that aesthetic, I, I mean, I think that... Like I said, it, it's original, it's different. Um, I think it's ultimately a little shallow and for all yeah. those other reasons that I mentioned, like I just, I'm, I'm not going to give it a point. I'll agree with you that like, I feel like the story is also shallow, but I think the other elements of production for me were effective. So I think I'm going to give it a point okay. <clears throat> because like I said, I, in the same way that like parts of watching martyrs made me react mm -hmm. so viscerally to the images. Yeah. Um, I had a similar reaction to the images in this too. Okay. So I'm going to give a point. Okay. Uh, monster quality. Uh, so we're looking to see that they're frightening and clearly relate to archetypal fears and have depth. So I think this is where I'm going to side with you that I think the depth is lacking. It doesn't go beyond that. Like technology is consuming you or screwing you or <laughs> right. It doesn't go yeah. much beyond that. Yeah, and, and I think we we unintentionally, um, you know, picked 
Pulse to pair with this movie. And I, I think we did a good job with that because that also has to do with technology. Yeah. And I think it will serve as like a good contrast because, um, yeah, I, I didn't walk away from this movie like feeling like I have any new insight or any new perspective on technology. Mm-hmm. Or any like new ways to fear it so like if we're thinking about like like we do like let's break down our monsters so you have technology you have um what's the The metal fetishist metal fetishist um but in terms of archetypes can we relate it to i mean it's good guy bad guy yeah but that's the but Um, it doesn't have death you have the guy that like so in the beginning the metal fetishist he he's like you know sticking rods and so like he's mutilating himself and like you know those are disturbing scenes um and so we have this i i i mean self this self-mutilating person who wants to be more than person um ah, but it's just i feel like i'm grasping i don't yeah, that's what I'm like. I, what else is there? So I'm I'm not in, for monster quality. I'm not inclined to give it a point because I agree with you that it doesn't have depth. And and I wonder sometimes, like I've said with Jhar, I wonder if some of those archetypes were missing. Like I don't know if like I don't know if, if any we of just, the females, like any of the women, are supposed to represent. Like if, uh, if like we just or, don't recognize the the archetypes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's definitely possible. Um. Yeah, I but, mean, but we've also found them in other movies too. Right. So. Right. So yeah, so I'm not inclined to give it a point for monster quality because, like you're saying, I don't feel like there's anything necessarily original about the monsters mm-hmm. themselves as characters because the story falls kind of flat. Like yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not leaving it, leaving frightened. I'm I'm frightened by, like I said, the production aspects, the image, the imagery itself or even the sound mm-hmm. that is happening in there, but I'm not frightened by the, the monsters. Quote, quote. And I mean, the, like, as I described on our episode, when we did video drum, you know, there is something about like our relationship with technology that just makes me like deeply uncomfortable with like where it's taking us and like how, um, dehumanizing it is. Um, and so I don't think that there's anything wrong with, um, with that particular monster, but the way that it was portrayed here, it just, I, I agree. It wasn't frightening and there wasn't depth. And so it didn't, it, it's it didn't not really necessarily, <clears throat> I feel like in those others, and even with, pulse to an extent it's exploring like humans relationships to technology and i think this kind of does it in the beginning but it doesn't go beyond the surface of it yeah i i don't know unless i i don't know i may be missing something there but no i mean i that's i think that's what we talked about and and maybe it wasn't trying to go beyond the surface and that's fine if you know mm-hmm. you know you can have like a you know a a entertaining movie that's you know surface level that can be enjoyed and that's fine but that's also not what we're doing 
yeah. you know, <clears throat> what we're looking yeah. for. So. so I agree with you. Okay. So, uh, so scare the, factor. Yes. Yeah. So monster quality, not no, a point. No. Scare factor. The film has a clear intent to scare. It must be successful in that objective from beginning to end. So I feel like I do want to give a point in this category because I feel like, like we've talked about before with some movies, even if we're not frightened out of our seat, mm-hmm. if the movie has a clear intent to be, to evoke some sort of unease or reaction or um, disorientation and it's successful from beginning to end, um, it this movie did that for me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think there's some moments where it, because it starts off so strong, like you said, it is not as surprising when you get to the end. Like they're not mm-hmm. going to shock you anymore. Yeah. Um, but I was, we'll just say, unsettled <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Um, I mean, I I think that I, I was a little unsettled at the beginning. And that was when I was most on board. Um, it reminded me, um, as I said earlier, of some of David Cronenberg's movies, especially Crash. Have you seen that one? Um, I don't know if we'll ever cover it here because I, I, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's considered horror. But the guy, the main character in that movie, uh, has a fetish for car accidents and so um he like will purposefully get into car accidents for sexual gratification and so um you know that the the images in this at the beginning of this movie it it kind of evoked that and, and they were you know really disturbing um but yeah, as I've been saying with everything else, like after a while, you just become really numb to it because mm-hmm. it just it, it just doesn't go anywhere from there. And and, and so you know, I, I have really learned, like like you've described in the past, like I've really learned to appreciate the build. Mm-hmm. And since this this there's doesn't just build, no there's build. just nowhere to go. And so I can't. I don't know if I can say it's successful from beginning to end because it's like in the beginning and, and this is so like weird because usually it's like it's scary at the end and not at the beginning. But here it's like it's disturbing and uh, visceral at the beginning. But like by the end, I was I was just numb and a little annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I like where it goes, though. I like that. Like you said, they. I, I think it yeah i think it's kind of cool but like that's that's it like mm-hmm. it nothing there's really nothing beyond that wow for we're, me, we're so. really split on this movie we are that's awesome <laughs> um so i think i'm gonna give it a point okay that. okay um so that's that splits us on it cool I like when it's divisive <laughs> it is it's it's kind of rare actually yeah. um but unfortunately it means that it's not in the canon or honorable mention yeah that's fine but if if our discussion has like enticed you to see this movie by all means go you know absolutely seek it out um like we because when we tell when we tell people that we do this podcast they always ask well like what's the scariest one or what's the mm-hmm. weirdest one? this is going to be like one of the most bizarre ones yeah I'll say like if you want something that's just weird yeah that you probably haven't seen before that you, this, yeah probably haven't seen yeah. before after you see Videodrome, then go see this. <laughs> um, okay, then. So let's talk about Pulse now. So okay. 
Pulse was uh, released in 2001, written and directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, starring Kumiko Aso as Michi, uh, Haruhiko Kato as Kawashima, uh, Kiyoki as Haru, Kurumi Arasaka as Junko. Let's start Junko! production. <laughs> um, so, uh, <clears throat> looking at my notes, I, there's one more thing I have to say about Tetsuo. Oh, okay. Take my breath away. That's the song that's playing over it at the end. Take my breath away. Really? I don't know if I noticed that. It's just the uh, <laughs> instrumental. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> total, total tangent. All right. Um, so with production, again, writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, and iconography, um, I am going to term this as like Japanese J-Har in medias res. I feel like it. That's what I like about this movie is that similar to the other ones we watched is that when it starts in the middle of the action, there's a, maybe we'll call it like that's like you start in the middle of the action, but it's still a slow build. Mm -hmm. This movie does it. And I'm starting to like admire that yeah. in terms of storytelling. Mm. Um, I really like it. And I just have to ask you one question. Are you ready to delve into <laughs> Uranus? Cause that is the name of the site. Did you catch that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, that they're logging into to see yeah. it. It's spelled like this, so I'm going to write it on the board. Okay. So U R at N U S. Oh. That's what they log into. Yeah. That's really helpful for our listeners. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Um, hmm. That changes everything. <laughs> That's where they're logging into to, like, yeah. Okay. Um, the beginning. I mean, I, so I, I guess we could talk about like, is it, is it timeless? Because, uh, there's some dated tech. In this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> the, and, and when they're like, it's floppy disks that they're oh, yes. back and forth. Oh man. It's, it's great though. It reminds me of like, you know, getting on the internet and the dial up sound. Oh, that and sound. Grainy, and, <laughs> and she so, shows him how to like bookmark a page. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, wait, like that's what I'm confused about. Like he owns a computer, but he's like, I'm not good with computers. <laughs> but he owns one. Yeah. It um, was great. I mean, so for me, like, I mean, it was 2001. So like. You know, it was of its time. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I kind of think Wait, it worked. it was 2001? Yeah. I thought, like, from the look of it, I thought it was much sooner than that. Computers looked, did they look like that in 2001? What? I was in high school. Yeah. Um, I thought they would Maybe. probably look better. That's what I thought. Or at least, uh, I mean, but at the time, you sure. know, it's like state of the and art. And it took me, you know what, It speaking of that, like, it took me a minute to realize at first, I was like, why are all these people, like, <laughs> observing plants? <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out that they were at a university. Oh, uh, yeah. It took me a minute. Um, but I, I like that um, because you have, like, you know, the, the images of, like, uh, the, the garden being surrounded yes. by nature and life. Versus um, the tech. Yeah. Versus <clears throat> the tech. Um, so let's see here. I I actually found that like 
you know, the, the, the data technology, like, I think it worked, like, especially, like, the grainy webcams were, like, mm-hmm. so cool. Um, it just looked good. Um, the, <laughs> the, the souls that were, like, floating on the screensaver just reminded <laughs> me of, like, all those screensavers. The toasters with wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... It, so it was like nostalgic, um, but I also think that like the, the the message of it, and we'll get into more of this with Monster Calling, but like the message in the, in the writing, which is production, the writing is like it still holds up really well. Yeah, that I. Speaking of the story itself, I love the take on ghosts. Yeah, on like what what ghosts are, where they came, where they come from, and why they're appearing to mm-hmm. us. I thought that was a fresh, even though it's 2001, like it was a fresh take on that. It was not, it went more into depth than just saying, oh, they're like using the energy of technology to like manifest or mm-hmm. something like that, which I feel like um, happens in another, in like other tech ghost related movies. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just sucking out the power of the internet to manifest themselves. This mm-hmm. one, like, can we walk through that for a second? Because I had sure. some, like, I wasn't sure if I was totally getting it. So were they saying that the reason why ghosts appear is because, like, wherever the ghosts live, heaven or hell, the void, let's call mm-hmm. it, um, are, they're appearing because it's kind of boiling over? Yeah, that was my impression. And then with people dying, it's adding to that so that more ghosts can come out and then help kill other people so everybody's a ghost um yeah and and i think there there is supposed to be some ambiguity with all of this i I think so um but um yeah that's the idea that i got that like these are souls that are like overflowing into the real world they need to go somewhere um so they like are able to like somehow manifest themselves into the internet like as literal like ghosts in the machine um and i i mean i think it's a really fascinating idea and this is kind of like predicted this you know what we have now where like when when you have you know when when someone dies um like their facebook account is still up there like they are it is like having a ghost haunting the internet Mm -hmm. and like your, your presence is still there. And so I don't know how much this movie like purposefully predicted that particular aspect to it. But um, I think it, it's just part of like what makes the writing just work. Um, Oh, I have um, a quote here. It's impossible to sort everything out. And I think I wrote that as a way of like, trying to figure out the logistics of all of this yeah. <laughs> and like i i think they are they just purposefully left it uh, mm-hmm. somewhat ambiguous yeah. um i like and, and i feel it it's that way about the red tape too yeah um we get some explanation of it but it's happening before we know why yeah um so i thought that was cool i love the the red tape like mm-hmm. it just it's so simple but it's so creepy and like ominous and mm-hmm. just know like something bad is like mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. and it's just red tape but it just mm-hmm. worked so well um yeah so i think in terms of like the iconography of the movie it works the look i like and i think this intel i mean i think maybe you've seen more 
Japanese horror than I have, but is it common for the ghosts to be like more, how do I say it, like more real when they interact? Like they just look like people when they're interacting. They don't look terribly monstrous per se. Like, you know how some ghosts yeah. in movies, let's say, for example, in, um, uh, what's the, uh, gosh, now it slipped my head, uh, Crimson Peak. Okay. So you know how the ghosts look in they that? They look like monsters. Yeah. yeah. So not a lot of, I think, I feel like in Japanese art, they look more human than like monsters. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, I don't know. I, and, I like and I also, that in this. I also think that this is something that I've noticed too. Like, I feel like ghosts aren't in, in, in the films that we watch. I don't know if ghosts are necessarily like as evil as they are in Western films. Like, I feel like, gotcha. I feel like Western films, uh, you know, so much of our storytelling is based on the dichotomy of good versus evil. And like, it's always like pretty clear, um, except when it's not, and it's interesting and that's great. But like, it, it's kind of always based around this, like good versus evil. Um, whereas I feel like with the, like with Japanese movies and, and other movies that I've watched that we haven't reviewed, like, I, I feel like, it's a little more ambiguous, like, you know, they're not, they're not pure evil. Yeah. I like that. And we have the, the one, we'll call him the final ghost, right? Mm -hmm. That actually manifests yeah. and it does the cool, I mean, the way he appears and then like the, um, whatever the character's name is, um, to, it's not to Gucci cause that's the first guy that dies. Um, guy. You're talking about the guy who's like not good with computers. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, Kawashima. Yeah, Kawashima. He like touches him, and then we get the like close up of his face, and then the mm -hmm. eyes. Like, yeah. it's a great. Like you said before, the imagery in this movie is fantastic. Yeah, and I love. Like I've never quite seen this before, but like I love the the like outlines. Um, Oh, the like the gooey ectoplasm, or like the, or the... Silu the silhouettes oh. of like people left behind. I think that's just so brilliant because um, it, it reminded me of um, like the memory you have of of like if you have seen someone die, like that place. You you just. It, it, so uh my wife's grandmother died and we still lived in the house afterwards um but like the room where she died like w became like our kind of rec room for a, you know a while and so like you know it, it didn't bother me but just every so often i would just kind of look over to where she died and just think like that's where she died it has a weight to it yeah it does and so like the 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 like um the mark on the walls or like the outlines just so effective and it was also so just brilliant to have that scene where like it it reveals um the the deaths of characters both junko who uh, it seemed like she jumped off the built like she she jumped out the window mm -hmm. um but when 
the girl woke up, she didn't realize Junko was dead, and then, like, she turns around, and, like, she's Ash, mm-hmm. which shows us that, like, she's dead. Or, uh, at the very end, you see that with Kawashima, who, you know, um, is all, it's also, he's also revealed to have been dead. And so, um, oh, just, like, it just, it was really smart. Yeah. So I think uh, the timelessness of part of production bothers me with this because like some of the special effects are like the ash part. Yeah. When it's all like flying around. Yeah. Yeah, Like that does, um, doesn't bother me too much because other things work so well. Um, like I love, um, when there's, it's pretty early on and it's like a woman who's like walking towards him. And she like I was of, saving that for monster quality. Yeah, uh, okay. the movement of the first yeah. ghost. Is, I specifically wrote uh, shadow ghost movements in basement. Creepy AF. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, so then we can save that more for monster quality. Then I'm going to give it a point for production. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't expect to. I, I think it's because I need to take a break from Japanese horror with the like, extremely slow build in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a point as well. And just the overall sense of like melancholy is like really powerful Mm -hmm. too. Um, in the way that it builds to like that apocalyptic ending. Um, (laughs) it's so far apart from where it starts. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it works. It just, it feels like, um, it feels like a personal apocalypse. I I don't know, but we'll, we'll, okay. So let's get into monster Monster quality. Uh, so frightening clearly relate to archetypal fears and have depth. Like we said before, I feel like these ghosts in terms of their backstory and why they're here do have depth. Yeah. Um, the monsters for me are frightening for two reasons. One in the movement, like it's very slow motion and building from the shadows and like manifesting, not just like appearing like a wisp or Mm -hmm. anything like that, but like coming out of the darkness, Mm -hmm. I think works really well. That's scary. Secondly, the thing that scares me too, is that when you don't know that they're dead yet, you think they're still alive and just acting zombie-like, they're dead. That mm-hmm. scares me that, like, that is frightening to me that you could have an interact. you think you have an interaction with a person, mm-hmm. and then the split second, like, boom, no, that was a ghost. Yeah. That freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really effective. I, I love the ghost, too, and I, I just, I love its take on technology, um, you know, this this idea that like we even even with the you know the way that technology connects us um that we are truly alone um there's uh, there are a few great quotes people don't really connect you know we all live totally separately um or we we try to make people immortal by quietly or the good, this one of the ghosts, I think, says this. We try to make people immortal by quietly trapping them in their own loneliness. Yeah. Um, so, like, loneliness. And it, so, like, when you know, you feel like you're a part of a community when you're like on Facebook and you're chatting with friends, but then you turn the monitor off and you look around and you're all alone. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this, this, you know, idea that like technology, it, it really, it, it, it's, it's not a replacement for true connections mm-hmm. um, and, and just the loneliness of being alive. It was like this movie just like 
hit all the right spots for like the right amount of despair that I love in horror <laughs> movie, like existential despair. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. And that what you're saying too about you know once you turn off the screen and realize that you're alone remind me of something that uh, when my friend Alex was visiting, um, he was talking about how he um, before when when cell phones first started becoming ubiquitous, um, he was really into street photography. Um, and so he would be able to catch people like in these really, um, I, I will just call them like into intimate moments mm-hmm. where they're either contemplative or acting and stuff. He said now, and he lives in New York, he can rarely go out and do that anymore. Cause it's just, yeah. cause he just gets pictures of people in their phones. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so, I don't know, disturbing in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this sense of like voyeurism and like watching others mm-hmm. um, that you get with like all the webcam stuff. Um, and there's also just like mm-hmm. this, um, it's it's like a mass depression. It's like a suicide epidemic that is just like, uh, it, it's just this like overall anxiety about living in, the modern era. And it reminds me actually, now that I say that of like Candyman, because, um, didn't they say in that it's like urban legends are like myths, um, created to express anxieties of living in contemporary society or mm-hmm. something like that. And so I guess this kind of creates its own myth in that way. And, and it reflects mm-hmm. the anxiety of living in contemporary society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that just carries on. I mean, Feel like that is even an element in a lot of movies of this time where like technology is emerging and you get the mysterious disc or your computer logs into something by itself and then you're like in this mysterious mm-hmm. you make this mysterious connection almost like it's like the computer has almost replaced the Ouija board yeah in a couple of ways <clears throat> but I think you even you got to be careful what you're logging mm-hmm. into but logging I think into Uranus this is even like more interesting than say the ring which is like mm-hmm. a ghost that like mm-hmm. haunts you and like will come and get you um because this causes people to to kill themselves and that is just so much more resonant um to me mm-hmm. so. so yeah i i want to give it a point like i said the take on and the explanation for ghosts, I mm-hmm. really liked. Yeah, same here. Right. Scare factor. So, were you frightened from beginning to end? Yeah, I was. I was genuinely unsettled. Um, those moments, those scary moments that you talked about, I I shared them. Um, yeah, that, oh, man, I just love that woman with her like creepy robotic walk, and she kind of trips and then gets in this slow motion stuff yeah but just and, and then just throughout um like not being able to tell the difference between like a person and a ghost and um you know just all you know all of those elements that we mentioned i think it's a scary movie yeah i, I think i wouldn't i didn't necessarily feel or uh, feel the same amount of like like existential dread and fear like you're talking about but i was definitely like I would call it anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> like I was anxious throughout because I wanted to like with the characters figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, even though at this point I'm kind of burnt out 
on that slow build, which I think is why I had such a positive reaction to Tetsuo because it's yeah. not a slow build. Yeah. Um, but I think that the power of that build is that you really connect with the characters. Like I was, I felt connected to um, her name is uh, I'm gonna butcher it like Harue. Yeah, Haru. Haru. Right? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, like I was like, oh, she's gone when she when she's dead. I was kind of depressed. Because mm-hmm. um, I thought she was going to be like more vital to the, to the story than she was um, there at the end. But <clears throat> but yeah, so I, I feel like I have to give it a point. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's a good ghost movie. It is. It is. And, and one that like I, I feel like I could recommend to the uninitiated and they wouldn't have heard of it. Yes, already. that's like a this, really good point. This movie has like really flown under the radar for me. And there actually is an American remake. And as you could probably predict, it's terrible. Because um, it just takes it at face value. Like yes, the internet has ghosts yes. in it. And um, there, there's one great scene with Brad Dorif. And he that's the only scene that he's in. He's just this crazy guy in a diner who, who just kind of... As the characters are talking, he just, like, turns around and says, like, you know, there's an internet conspiracy. We're all going to die. And then, like, never appears again. Um, that was the the single bright part in that movie. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would highly recommend this movie. I think it is worthy of our canon. Cool. Oh, speaking of sequels, did you know there's a sequel to Tetsuo? It's 2009. Really? <laughs> yeah. Same same guy? I think so. Yeah? It's all oh. on IMDb. Interesting. So we might have to check that out. Maybe. <laughs> all right. So uh, going into, so in two weeks, we are going to watch, we're going to continue our Phantasm. Yes. Tour. Take a break from J-Horror. Uh-huh. Um, then we'll get into Christmas movies. So after Phantasm 3 and 4, we're going to watch Rare Imports. It- Imports or exports? Exports? Imports. Rare exports. Rare exports. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, it's exports. Yes, it is exports. That's more... Exports going out, imports coming in. Right. But exports sounds even more like horror. Exports. (laughs) Um, And then uh, alongside that, we decided that we're going to watch Don't Breathe. Yes. Blu-ray for that is coming out soon. And so... Um, John is on it. <laughs> I'm on it. I really want Eric to see this, and so we'll, we'll throw that in the mix, even though it's not Christmas related. Um, there, it's still, I think, worth talking about. Um, it's good. I mean, it's it, we have to talk about it because everybody's talking about it. It is. It's one of the more like contemporary horror movies that has been getting a lot of buzz. Yep. So Great. Okay. So. Oh, so yeah, so if you want to check us out, uh, more episodes, you can go to unoyasolstice.com, E-U-N-O-I-A-S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E.com. Check us out on Twitter. Leave a comment. What should we watch next semester? We're going to take a semester abroad. Yes, and so we, you know, um, we, we're moving from Japan, and we're just going to go around the world, semester abroad, starting in January. Very exciting. Yeah, what what do you want to see? Where do you want us to stop? Mm-hmm. Need so. to update my passport. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's it for today. Uh, pencils down. The terror test is over.